0: Hey, friends, welcome to season three of the Drive Through Moms podcast. So, I just want you to know this podcast exists for no other reason than to share stories of God's faithfulness in other moms and encourage you in your own motherhood journey. I'm no expert, but just a mom that's seen Jesus work daily in my life and those around me. So, that's my prayer for you that you see him at work in and around you so that you can share those experiences with others. Here we go. I'm super glad you're here. Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to the drive through mom's podcast today. I'm super excited to be sharing a new friend with you in Miss Lauren Nelson. Lauren, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So Lauren, I'm just going to read a little bit about your bio that you sent me and then I want you to just kind of share your story a little bit. But Lauren is a mother of two, right? Yes. Okay. And a (laughs) wife to a pastor. And she has over 20 years of experience uh, in ministry with children, teens, and adults. And recently, Lauren has written a children's book entitled She Rose of the Bible, which tells the stories of heroic women of the Bible who push past their fears and watch God doing different miraculous things because of their faith. So her book was recently published and will be officially out in bookstores in December. But like I told you earlier, I'm super excited. I've already got to pre-order a couple, so I can't wait to kind of dig into those.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: So tell us a little bit about, so you live in Washington, right?
1: I do. I live in Washington state and I've got a couple of kiddos. My son is nine and my daughter is 13. She'll be 14 in January.
0: Gotcha. So, what are temperatures like there right now? We're in Texas, and we're still pretty much in the nineties or low nineties. Oh,
1: that sounds amazing. No, it's gotten cooler. It. We've had a really warm summer, but now it's getting a little cooler. I want to say like in the fifties, maybe, and rainy. Oh. It started getting a little bit rainy.
0: Uh, so, you guys actually have like seasonal changes, like with changing of the leaves and the colors, yes. and yes, it has got to be beautiful. We don't, we it's don't get that beautiful. here.
1: <laughs> Oh, I love it. No, I absolutely love that. Fall is one of my favorite times. I just, my favorite is when it's like sunny, but cold. And then you're still getting, being able to go out to like the pumpkin patches and things like that, you know, and but you're not getting rained on.
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, here we pretty much go from like 90 to 50, but we don't have the change in the temperature that affects the foliage. So we pretty okay. much don't really get much of the color change. We usually get like one swift wind and then they're all gone. So... <laughs> 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 so I'm A little jealous of the season changes. So we've been talking about going and doing some um, fall leave tours, maybe sometime, but yes. I bet it's beautiful up there this time of year. It is. So beautiful. tell me a little bit about your life there. So you're married to a pastor and have a couple of kiddos. So tell me about um, what brought you. Have you always lived in Washington?
1: No, actually, I was raised in California, and I came up to Washington to attend college um, at Pacific Lutheran University, um, which is right here in Parkland, which is where I live, and um, and so – yeah, I ended up staying. I I got connected with a church, and then my husband met him at my church and stayed. So I never wanted to go back.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's a super important part of when you go to college, especially is getting plugged into a church. That's how yes. my husband and I met. Um, first time i went to the church that we were at in college uh, i met my husband just became friends and but he's from west texas i really did not want to stay out there so i'm a dallas girl so he ended up with a job here but um anyway that's a super important part i yes. think of, of- going away to school. And um, what a sweet place to meet your spouse, right? I know.
1: And we met on Valentine's Day. which How fun is that? I'd never seen him before. And Valentine's Day?
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet.
1: Yeah, my friend was having a party, so we met.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's fun. So what are your current stages like with your kiddos right now? You said you have one that's 13 and one that's nine. So what are you guys kind of into right now?
1: Yeah, my son is – he's in the fourth grade, and he loves sports. He's incredible with sports. And then my daughter's in the eighth grade, and she loves um, – she loves music. She loves worship. She's in choir at school. They're both, they both go to a private school. So Christian school, which has been a really big blessing during COVID because it didn't shut down. A lot of schools here in Washington shut down and there was absolutely no school other than online. So for them, they still got to have that normalcy of, you know, continuing to, to go to school and see friends. And so it's been a huge blessing.
0: No, that's great. It's pretty much the same here. We've had, you know, a lot of schools that were shut down and then most of them are back open. Um, I work at a diagnostic testing company part time. And so we've seen a lot of kiddos that have struggled with that back and forth or the distance learning. But um, that's awesome to hear. So tell me what, like from a motherhood perspective, before we get into talking about the book and what that writing process has been like and what brought you to it, what's kind of been your favorite thing so far with your kids?
1: Oh, just in general?
0: Yeah, just in general, like your favorite season with them.
1: Oh my goodness. My son right now, I just don't ever want him to get older. He (laughs) is so snuggly. I mean, he always has been, um, but I just absolutely love this stage. He wants to sit with me and cuddle with me and read books, and he just wants to be near me, and I just don't ever want that to end. (laughs) So um, that's an incredible season. And then my daughter, you know, even at this age, she's really – Amazing. She's really an amazing girl, and we have our hard times, you know, obviously because of her age and she wants independence, and some days she's moody. But I remember being that way too in junior high, so I get it. And so I try to remind myself that. But we have some really great conversations, and she is so funny. She makes me laugh hysterically. She is got the best sense of humor. So I'm just really enjoying this season. I'm, I remember my dad saying, you know, I just enjoyed every season and I didn't always understand that. But now as a mom, there's... I really do. I, most of the seasons of motherhood I have enjoyed so
0: far. Well, and I think it's like when they're, you know, when they're little and they're starting to learn new things, you're like, oh, I love this. This is the best thing. And they're yeah. like, oh, no, wait, this is the best thing. And <laughs> I think it really just continues that as they grow and as they learn and change and evolve, it's fun to watch them. even Even the hard stuff, like you yes. said, you know, sometimes you have, you know, everybody has their days where they're not, you know at their best. And um, even in those hard seasons, um, I think God's really, at least in kind of like what you alluded to, is you get those reminders of like, oh, yeah, I used to do that too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, oh, yeah, I think I probably did that to my mom, or I find myself going back to my mother going, I'm so sorry. I'm sure I did that. And she's like, oh no, it's fine. I'm like, no, I know I did.
1: I know. And I even last night had a conversation with her that was identical to what my mom had said to me. I remember my mom saying in junior high, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster with you. I never know if you're going to be in a good mood or a bad mood. And I had that same conversation with my daughter, you know, so I I gave her a little more grace than I feel like I got, but only because I had learned from my own, (laughs) my own rudeness or you know, yeah, we'll just items. blame it on
0: hormones you know it's yes. those, those middle school years that are just like especially girls are just racked up with hormones so it's exactly. totally it's totally normal I'm sure she's a sweet lovely girl she is a doll she's and a doll. I know you've in your talking to you and reading some about what you've um said about the process of getting into your book. She kind of played a part about in that. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about the book. So you recently wrote this book, um, which, like I said, comes out in December of this fall, which has to be super exciting. Yes, yeah, so exciting. Um, But how was that? What was that like writing a book over the last however long it took you while raising a family in the middle of COVID? I'm yeah. assuming it was during that COVID season. So what was the book process like?
1: Well, yeah. And so actually for me, it, it goes back farther than that because she actually asked me the question that prompted me to write the book about right. six years ago. She was seven years old. Um, and so I'll, I'll start there for a moment. But basically sure. she, you know, we're on our way to church and she said, mom, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah, of course. You always ask me questions. What's up? And she said, why are boys more important than girls? And I was shocked and I said, what do you mean? Why would you ask that? And she said, well, mom, it seems like God thinks boys are more important than girls because all we learn about in church are boys. And her question really struck my heart. And one of the things that we were learning at church was about kairos moments, which is when God really intervenes in our day and He speaks to our hearts. And we're supposed to ask ourselves when that happens, we're supposed to ask ourselves two questions. What is God saying to me and what am I going to do about it? So I knew he was speaking to me. I knew this was a Kairos moment because this just struck me like, like a good slap across the face, and so I had to. I knew I had to do something about it and take action. So I looked up. Um, I tried to Google some books because I thought, I'm just going to buy her a book about the women of the Bible. This will be amazing. And, you know, I'd asked her if she knew, you know, have you heard of Esther and Ruth? And she goes, yeah, of course, you know, I've heard of some of them, but we don't talk about them. We don't spend time talking about them like we do the boys. So um, when I Googled books at the time, there were only two that I found, and those two books... Were, they they talked about the girls uh, more as princesses. That's how they described them, which isn't bad. Um, but for example, Abigail was the princess of peace. And it just but for me, it made it seem unrelatable. Because in reality, these People in the Bible, men and women, were ordinary people like you and me, Right. and they had their own issues. And the more that I read up on these women, all of them had the same similarity, one thing in common. They all dealt with fear, fear of some kind, whether fear on the battlefield or fear that they were never going to get pregnant. You know, so many different fears that they struggled with, um, but they chose to trust God and to put their, their desires for things in the Lord's hands. And He came through and did miraculous things in their lives because they trusted Him. And so I thought, gosh, you're missing the main point of these stories. I've That's not going to cut it for me, for my daughter. And um, and one of the other things that I noticed is that all of the illustrations were Caucasian. And for me, I thought, well, you know, that's not even accurate Um Secondly, a lot of the the um, books and the literature that comes from, that goes into the mission field all over the world, comes from America. And if we are sending things out to Africa and India and China and Pakistan and all sorts of places, and they're seeing only Caucasian people, it does give the subtle or even obvious implication that. God only uses Caucasians, which we know is not true.
0: I love that point.
1: Yeah. And so for me, I was like, gosh, I want kids all over the world to know that God is bigger than any fear that they're going to ever face. And that if God did it for these women in the Bible, He can do it for them. And so that was my passion. That's what drove me to to write the book. And so I started writing um, six years ago, and I wrote and self-published just the Old Testament. So it was just the Old Testament women, nine stories at the time, Um, and I self-published that, and then had to do a lot of you know speaking engagements and things that helped me conquer my own fears. (laughs) Um, I'm sure that would be. Yeah, it was terrifying. I had never, I had never wanted to speak in front of people, but that was another area that the Lord was really trying to help me to conquer that fear and to get the word out. Because if people don't know about it, what's the point? Sure. So um during covid the lord really brought me back to it and said it's time to write the new testament women and i'd had people ask over the years when are you going to write the new testament the women from the New Testament, and um, I just needed to wait for a prompting. And during COVID, I really felt that. And when I wrote, I felt the Holy Spirit so strong um, when I was writing, and I knew it was a God timing. So I, I, I met with an editor that I knew, and she said, hey, I actually have a connection with the publisher now, and I'd like to introduce you. And so she did, and they loved it, and they, they ended up putting both those books together into one book which is the one that's going to be coming out, which is She Rose of the Bible. And it has the Old Testament women and the New Testament women. So it has 20 stories and 26 women that did incredible things for God.
0: So that's awesome. So even though that this was a kind of a different season and a different set of writing and a different timing on God's part, you, you, You know, he laid the foundation to where now you had some connections with some other people that you were able to get the whole thing published, right? um, not just what you had done before in the new. I love that. I I love that a lot for a whole lot of reasons, but we'll go there later. Tell me a little bit about the um, basic structure of the book. So is the hope of this is kind of like a devotional or tell us a little bit about the format and then um, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. So there's 20 stories, 20 chapters um, that talk about 26 women. And so at the end of every chapter, there are devotion questions. So there's three to four devotional questions at the end. So you can either discuss them with your kids if they're younger, or if they kind of want to do it on their own and it's their own way to connect with the Lord, that's their opportunity to Kind of reflect on what they read, but then also take action. So um, the, a lot of the questions do address fear and help them kind of basically relate the story that they just read to their own life and make it personal.
0: Well, and I think that's such a huge thing that we've heard a lot, especially during COVID over the last year and a half, is there's been a lot of talk about um, anxiety and mental health and yes. just the the fear of a whole new realm of things that kids especially have never had to deal with before, right. um, that across the globe, um, you mentioned COVID, and anybody pretty much has an automatic frame of reference, right? Everybody kind right. of understands for the first time in our lifetime um, that I understand even though you may live on the other side of the world, I understand what you're going through in general. Um, So being able to even talk about those things with your kids in a level that maybe you wouldn't have two years ago, I think is um, a huge opportunity for a book like this that takes women of the Bible. um, How I love, especially I was reading through some of them the other day and I I love the story um, that you tell of Rahab and, um, how God uses her through her fear and through what was going on at the time. Um, And then you, you read through the story with them. I mean, like I said, I, my best friend and I are always talking about uh, neither one of us have grandkids yet. We both have married children Mm -hmm. um, and our Sons are best friend and had their last year of college. And so we're both very anxious to have grandkids. And so, you know, we missed that stage of reading with children. And so, yeah. and we both have been in schools before. So that's a big thing. And so we're both very excited about opportunities like that to be reentered, to still be able to be an influence on yes. kids that were around. I can just see, you know, see snuggling up with a grandkid and reading a story at night and absolutely a, a truth filled biblical story with, um just the hope of what God brings to every situation, and then kind of have opportunity to walk through those questions. Um, yeah, and and help them kind of voice where they are maybe. Um, and then right. just kind of help you walk through that with them.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, and it's it's geared. um, I'd say the sweet spot for the age to read it on their own would be like seven to 10 um, years old. But the, you know, kids that are even like four and five, six, they love having it read to them. Sure. It, It has just been really fun to hear just from various ages and then even 11 and 12 year olds. It really just, you know, I just spoke at a middle school retreat a couple of days ago and I had so many of them saying, where can I get your book? I want to get your book. You know? So I was, it's just been really fun to see how these, these stories are universal. I mean, they're for all ages. Even adults have said, I'm buying it for myself because I didn't know there were these women in the Bible, or maybe I've heard of a couple, but I'm excited to learn more. So it's just, I just love it. God God knows what he's doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I know that you said, um, you know, that your husband played a part in all of this as well. And so, and that your, maybe your daughter and her comments were maybe what tipped the scale. Do you want to share that story at all? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So about a year before I wrote this book, before my daughter ever even asked me that question, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, Um, and because, you know, for a lot of reasons I had experienced some trauma in my childhood and that can really affect kind of your hormones and cortisol levels and everything. But then on top of that, just being a mom, it, It's hard. And my kids were little. They were around, you know, my son was probably two and a half. My daughter was, you know, I don't know, around six. And so um, I was in the thick of it and I was really struggling. And one night my husband just said, Lauren, let's let's pray. Let's just ask the Lord if there's anything that he wants to speak To our hearts. So I said, okay, reluctantly, you know, like it can't hurt. You know, when you're feeling discouraged and hopeless, it's just, it's a tough spot. But I was like, okay, Jesus, yes. So we asked the Lord if he wanted to speak anything to our hearts. And after a couple of minutes, my husband lifted up his head and he said, Lauren, I hear the Lord calling you an author. And I wanted to laugh out loud, um, not in not in joy and in like, oh, I receive it. No, it, I felt like Sarah in the Bible who laughed when the Lord said she was going to get pregnant because I, first of all, had no passion really to do anything other than put one foot in front of the other. Um, but then also I had never really been a gifted writer necessarily i i had never loved reading books i i wasn't i didn't love school that much and so it just felt really funny and ridiculous to me but my my husband encouraged me he said lauren let's just declare that god can do whatever he wants to do and so i agreed with that and i just declared with my own mouth god you can do the impossible you can do this if you want to make me an author you'll do it And so a year, I forgot all about it. And then a year later, when my daughter asked me that question and I began feeling this prompting to write, my sister, who is an excellent author, an excellent writer, she hasn't authored any books, but she's an excellent writer. um, She was the one who really helped me find my voice. With writing. And so it really was a journey of me writing stuff and then her helping me make it sound better. And then suddenly I'm doing it on my own and I don't need any help. And then by the time it's COVID and I'm writing the New Testament, I have fully found my voice and it's just been such a wonderful creative outlet. So the Lord really held my hand through that and helped me walk into that calling.
0: Well, it sounds like, you know, it's not been something, obviously, that's happened overnight. I think sometimes right. we maybe want that quick fix in yes. the middle of a season that's hard. We just Absolutely. want it to be over. Um <laughs> And yet, you know, it, it takes time. It takes trust and faith that God is walking. You know, He may not necessarily take away whatever it is that's going on, but He's going to walk through That's us right. with us That's right. um and so yeah it sounds like you know you've been through a several year process that had to be cathartic in a way yes. um in terms of writing and um you know it made me think i was kind of reading and preparing for the interview and just really god kept bringing the scriptures to me um that talk about uh, beauty from ashes yes. and um you know I, to be able to see the end result and the end product, at least at this point, doesn't mean right. that God's necessarily done with what He has for you, right? You've right. been obedient to the call and and walked that road. Um, but yeah, it, it can be hard in the middle of it. But wow, what a joy on the other yes. side to see what God's done, not only with the book and how you you know anticipate the hope that um, that kiddos will have with their families as either they read on their own, yeah. or if they're reading with a parent or a grandparent, for them to just see the truth that um, in the middle of hardship, God is there with you and on the other side, and that He's faithful. Um, that Absolutely. you know, aside from the book, that that has been a healing process for you, and you know, sounds like which God does. All the time, but it sounds like he definitely put a group of people around you in a supportive cast yes. um, to help walk that road with you.
1: Absolutely, and without them, it it wouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, how do you feel like they all encouraged you? I mean, it sounds like you had, um, you know, your husband and your family. Um, yeah. But what was that process like?
1: Well, you know, my my sister just, she, so I have a twin, so she's my twin sister. Oh, fun. Yeah, my only sibling. Um, and so it's just the two of us. And so she just was available. And anytime, I mean, I just talked about it nonstop. It probably was annoying, but she just was constantly supportive and listened and said, yes, yeah, send me your stories and I'll... I'll let you know, give you my thoughts. And so that was so encouraging. And then my husband too, like I was thinking about it nonstop. And so the fact that he would let me talk about it and be a little bit annoying and encourage <laughs> me, <laughs>
0: I'm only laughing because I totally get that because I'm sure I get, I know I get stuck on things as well. And I'm like, my my husband, my husband is just so sweet. And I'm like, I know I'm talking about this again, Ari. He's like, it's fine.
1: It's okay. It's okay. You know, because he knew the Lord was on it. So it was good. But you know, sometimes it's still a little too much, but he was just so gracious and always saying, yes, God is in this. And so he supported it with all the finances that we had to put into it when you're self published Publishing and even publishing because you have to hire a, illustrators. You have an illustrator. You have to hire an editor. You know a lot of costs that goes into it. So he was very, very um, supportive in that way as well.
0: Yeah, it sounds like the Lord obviously provided for that too, right? Yeah. It's it's that yes. old saying of if God's going to call you to it, He's going to equip you That's along right. the way to whatever it is you're doing. Well, so. And- Okay. Really quickly,
1: just even just the fact that we were saving money to just be able to buy a house, we had been renting, and um, the Lord, you know, told my husband, "You need to use some of that money to invest in this book," and so we did that in faith. And then the Lord provided for us to be able to get a house anyway, um, just through different miraculous ways. And so you trust Him; He's gonna He's gonna give you the desires of your heart.
0: Right. So it sounds a little bit like where I was going to ask with the next question, but in this whole process, what do you think God has really taught you about you um, and your relationship with Him in the process of writing this book from start to finish, you know, eight years ago, seven years ago to now?
1: Mm -hmm. A lot about my own fears and things in my heart that I didn't even fully know that I had Uh, insecurities or um, you know it's very vulnerable putting your heart onto pages and sharing the depths of your heart and your creativity with the world or whoever will read it, um, it's really hard. And then going and promoting as well is really hard because you feel like that sounds kind of like weird to self-promote, but in reality, I'm promoting a book about these amazing women of the Bible. Right. But the Lord just constantly would would make it clear to me, put one foot in front of the other, one yes at a time. Each door that He would open, I just needed to walk through it. That's all I had to do and, and so the, that that word of learning about Kairo's moments and what is God saying and what am I going to do about it, that has been a huge almost daily thing for me even if it, I'm not getting any new you know words from the Lord. I am still being faithful hopefully with what God has asked me to do by when when the Lord opens the door for a podcast or to get the word out. I'm stepping through and I'm doing it. So I right. would say I've I've grown so much closer with him because he when I'm scared, he catches me. You know, when I'm worried like I'm going to mess up when I when I get up and I speak, he always comes through. He never makes me look ridiculous. And so he's just he's faithful. And so I think that's one of the hugest things that I found is that he he's been a constant. He's been there my whole life, um, and I'm just absolutely thankful for the ways that he has come through and provided for me in so many different ways. And the fact that he would even call me to do this, I'm just so thankful. I'm like Lord, wow, thank you for asking me to do this, and thank you for drawing out the creativity that I didn't even know that I had.
0: Right, and helping you walk through and process, like you said, some some old trauma that you were able to walk through and get past, and um, I think sometimes, especially with our kids as moms, you know, it's... Those things that you were saying about one foot in front of the other, just take the next step, and um, go through the next door. You know, the Lord's not calling you to like see the end and right. to go, hey, I want you. This is these are all the things I want you to do in your life because it would freak us out, right? Oh, sure would, I and sure would. And yet we can tell our kids those things day in and day out, like it's okay, honey, just you know, just do what you have to do today. Tomorrow right. we'll tackle tomorrow. And yet sometimes it's hard to <laughs> turn that Remember around on ourselves, right? <laughs> yes, we have we need that reminder. But it is, I will say, as a mom with older kids um my youngest is almost 22 and my wow. oldest is 29 i have three and um it is a it, i don't even know really how to describe it but it's a it's a really sweet blessing to see that those times come back yeah um uh, you know, when you need it, that even your kids, as they get older, you know, you see, oh, you, you know, you were listening, you are growing in the Lord and them even encourage you when you have those, those moments. But, um, I think that's just a, a beautiful picture of, you know, it's, it's kind of an all-encompassing. These are the things that this was birthed out of. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw a quote you mentioned, Sarah. I saw a quote on Facebook, so I don't know Instagram or something, the last couple of days, but that you know, Sarah was like, just wanted to birth a baby, but God wanted her to birth a nation, wow. and that oh, she her prayer, good. her prayer was for a child, but God had so much more in mind that sometimes we just don't see and we just yes. don't know yet, and. Honestly, sometimes, like I said, I'm thankful I don't know the whole thing yet. Um, yeah, but it's just that that still obedience. Um, you mentioned those Kairos moments of one of the things our pastor talks about a lot is, um, you know, more along the lines of in Bible study when on your own quiet times, but having those moments of okay. He calls them SOS, which I think he took from another pastor. So I'm sure I'm stealing it from somewhere. I don't really know, <laughs> um, but just disclaimer there. But um, but he uses this SOS. It's like, what did it say to me? You know, the scripture in term in terms of this reference. What do the scriptures say to me? How am I supposed to obey it? You know, what what is he asking me to do because of what I'm I'm seeing and hearing um, from the Holy Spirit through His Word? And then, who am I going to share this with? Yes. Because sometimes it's the accountability, even of sharing right. um, with others and others that He might be calling you to do that for, that will see that as a benefit on their side that God is just asking you to do. And you're just a vessel, right? Oh, good. Um, yeah. So I love that about that. Me too. Um, well, I have loved everything that I have read so far from the book. Like I said, I am so excited um, to be able to dig into it. And, and when I have my own littles that I can share with, but um, yeah. for you guys that um, are listening, uh, this is such a great resource for you, for your kids and for your family. Um, but Lauren, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on and sharing about your story, what led you to it, how God worked you through it, went with you and is using your obedience and what he called you to do to touch other people's lives. So I just thank you so much. I'm excited to get to to meet you and talk to you a little bit today.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for allowing me to do that. And thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. So you guys, you can find Lauren at laurenlnelson.com and on Facebook and Instagram at she Rose of the Bible, And of course, I'll tag all that stuff in the show notes. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Um, and thanks, guys, for listening to the Drive Through Moms podcast. And Until next time, happy Wednesday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I love hearing how God is at work in the lives of moms. And it's such a great reminder to my own heart that God will be there for me again in the future when life happens. And let's face it, we all know it does. If you like what you heard, please share with your friends, as well as leave a review on Apple Podcasts at the link in the show notes, or you can find the link at my bio on Instagram at DriveThruMoms. Thanks, guys. And until next time, happy Wednesday.